Welcome fellow wine lovers, this is the Wine Ghost Podcast. I'm Mate Vash, a certified sommelier and seeker of hidden stories behind the most mysterious drink in history. If you have any questions about the topics we mentioned during the shows, please look for the Wine Ghosts on Instagram, where you can send your questions and responses via direct messages or just leave a comment under the episode's post. You can also find easy ways to get in contact with our guests and follow their stories. But now, please grab a glass get comfortable and listen how today's ghosts get out of the bottle. Today's ghost is Christian Kilmaier, who has so many credentials, interests and experiences in the wine world that it would be really difficult to label him with only one professional title. And after our long conversation, I had the feeling that he doesn't want to be labeled, because he is always excited to tell the stories behind what's in the bottle, how to market it, sell it and educate people about it. Christian tells us about his exciting journey throughout the colorful world of wine, shares stories about his former and present positions in the international wine business, gives his opinion on the central European wine scene. You can also hear how he arouses the curiosity of students as a wine educator gives us a look how he imagines wine tour experiences, highlights the uniqueness of Palinka, the commonalities between coffee and wine and much more. And as always, he does all that in a very enticing and easy to understand way. Do you feel the excitement in his voice? Well, I hope this episode will leave a similar impact on you too. Welcome to the show, Christian. How are you today? Good morning. Very well. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate that you're having me on your show. Thank you. It's an honor to have my previous teacher at the show. I'd like to begin uh, or I'd like to go back to the beginnings a little bit because you already have a very colorful career in the wine business at uh, at this age already. And uh, you are also a wine writer, a wine educator, a wine consultant, and you also worked in marketing and sales, also a very international career. But I like to go back to the beginnings, to the to the root of this fascination, and how did you get involved in the wine business at the first place? Well, uh, that's a very good question, and as you pointed out, I do uh, many things, many different things uh, in the wine world uh, because it's a very beautiful, diverse uh, world. Uh, the wine world, in general speaking, you know, there's so many things, and uh, once you get uh, bitten, infected by this wine virus, by this wine bug, you you basically it's a never-ending process. I see that as many of my students, you know, starting off um, at a, at a low level and then you know progressing and 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 going all the way up uh, to the top. Uh, I, I, I saw it with many people. Um, um, I did it kind of myself as well. You know, I was sort of all, also influenced by a lot of other people, uh, infected by the love and passion uh, for wine. And this uh, this sort of you know definitely. People who are in the wine world, uh, they they are in for a reason, and it's mainly for this passion and love uh, to communicate uh, this uh, n- uh, ever amazing world of wine. I think this is this is very important. And as you said, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a very diverse guy. I like to play play point guard and center as well, uh, uh, kind of. Um, and uh, and I think this that's very important that you you understand the the aspect of of the wine business from the making uh, 
from uh, the process, obviously. Uh, um, you pointed it out. I'm, I'm also a winemaker, actually, graduated winemaker. Um, so I, um, I, I love to see the process of making the wine, understanding it. Obviously, understanding the financial side as well by buying and selling the wine. Of course, as well, you know, finding out what the consumer wants and what the consumer needs in terms of education. Um, a lot of those uh, education seminars which I'm giving uh, are as well to final consumers uh, as well through my career. And um, for those people, you have to uh, basically talk in a different language. You have to educate them in a total different way. But I'm a firm believer, the more you know about the product, and it doesn't matter, it can be wine, it can be a, a painting, it can be a piece of art. Wine is, by the way, art as well, uh, or a car or a real estate. The more you know about the product itself, the more confident you are and the more fun you're having with the product uh, and uh, the, the goods uh, as such as well. So basically, the more you know about something, uh, the more fun uh, you will have. And this passion should also be translated uh, to the fun part and how it everything started with me you know I I like to pull this joke when I was four years old I was with my parents we often went to Italy and I felt in this big wine tanker uh, kind of similar like Obelix in his uh, miracle <laughs> uh, stuff but this is just a joke obviously uh, there was a wine tanker and maybe I tasted some wine with my father I don't know that part because I was very young but I didn't fell in um, everything started with history uh, um, I, at school I loved history um, I was very good at history. Uh, I was aiming for the best results, uh, best uh, exam results, uh, and I was very curious. And since, you know, I grew up in a wine country, Germany, uh, very close related to history. And uh, I basically, my mother on my mother's side, uh, I'm half Hungarian as well. Uh, and I live in Hungary now. I'm, I'm married to uh, the love of my li uh, life, a uh, Hungarian woman, my wife. Uh, so I'm obviously deeply connected to the Hungarian side as well. Um, and uh, those two countries, Germany and Hungary, have a very deep-rooted uh, uh, wine history. So it was sort of in, uh, inevitable that, you know, I, uh, through the love and passion of history, uh, wine came along as well. At our university college, we had a wine society. And um, I, I, I'm not saying that by accident, uh, because accidents don't happen in this way. Um, but... Um, uh, through some miracle circumstances, I got uh, named as the next chairman of this wine society. Um, and, uh, and basically, you know, I figured out, well, there are a lot of people in the wine society. Uh, uh, they know more about wine than I do. It looks very silly that the chairman uh, is not up to date. So, uh, so basically, you know, I went to different wine schools. Uh, that was more collegium back then with... Uh, uh, Gabriela Mesagos, obviously Gabor Rohai, that was the very first such wine school for consumers. Um, and, and they were basically educating you on the tasting side. Uh, you, you got to taste a lot of wine. And, you know, through this uh, experience doing it, tasting it, uh, and obviously later visiting wine regions um, uh, within Hungary and then later Germany and the rest of the world, you know, uh, this, this passion just grew uh, as such. And how difficult it was to find your way or your position, maybe your first position after this education in the wine world or how, what was the next step, so to say? Well, you, know, you need always people who, who, who have a positive influence uh, uh, on you. And, you know, I had a very good mentor, Robert Seibert. He, uh, 
he was a very very generous and kind mentor um uh, as well, you know, in the wine world. Uh, and you need always uh, uh, connect yourself with people, surround yourself with people who who, who already done something uh, and you sort of admire them as a role models and you talk to them. And, you know, in the wine business, people are very uh, open-minded and they, lo they love to help. They love to help you. And, of course, at the basic level, uh, starting at the wine business, uh, let's, let's be very honest, that's not very difficult. It's hard work. You're either a, a sommelier, uh, which you know puts a lot of effort, lots of hours. It's, it's really it's a lot of human power there. Uh, mental uh, fitness is very important as well. Uh, but um, the the industry, the wine industry, needs people. You know, uh, most of them start at the at the, the at the bottom. You know, the, you work your way up uh, basically. And this is uh, when you when you hear when you listen to other people. You know, I, which I basically I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'm saying that I'm, uh, they're kind of role models, so I, uh, I look up to them. Now, most of them started that way. They, be, they were trainees. Uh, they trained beside the, uh, uh, another person uh, who was probably also uh, several years ago a trainee. Uh, and, you know, they grew from them. Uh, there are different ways. You can either go into the restaurant business, in the Horeca business, you know, which is very hard, very tough. Um, because you are uh, you're in the mercy of the people with with uh, not very socializing hours, um, you know it's almost a twenty four hour job. Uh, when people go party, that's when you serve them, uh, in the restaurant, in a bar, and so on and so on on the floor. That's very tough. And then you have obviously the the off trade uh, as, uh, as such, which. Um, I choose very quickly after that, uh, working for a wine merchant after uh, a quick uh, hotel, uh, restaurant uh, uh, career. Well, well, I wouldn't say career. It was only four months. Did <laughs> um, uh, you work on the floor as a sommelier? Yeah. yeah. I, I call my... Yeah, it was, it was more about breakfast than wine, unfortunately. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know... Back then in Hungary, you didn't have um, uh, much international wine. So, you know, I figured the best way is to go to London uh, when I was uh, after graduation, because this London is still, I believe, the wine, the capital of the wine world and uh, being a very open minded city and place. And you get all the wines from all the all around the world there. And it was just a little like like for a young kid, like in a chocolate factory, you know, yeah, I remember my first New Zealand tasting. I tasted something like 180 wines within three hours, three and a half hours, and 160 were uh, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> uh, wow. uh, those, so, um, at, uh, That's at a lot of acidity. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, uh, but a lot of flavors, you know, a lot of aromas. I never had this before when I was, you know, I don't know how old, 26, 25. Uh, uh, so, you know, I never had this kind of amazing flavor profile of Kiwi uh, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which, you know, with all the high tiles, I hold the high, uh, um, aroma up, basically, um, through the through the natural conditions, which I didn't know back then, you know. Um, and it, it and the more you learn, the more fun it makes it. You, oh, well, look, New Zealand is very green. They have a, they're very in the south. They have a, a probably a strong, um, sun uh, uh, radiation they have a huge diurnal difference between day and night temperatures and this all obviously accelerates uh, aromas and flavors in the grapes uh, uh, which has been translated to the wine itself as well so um, back then you know it was just oh new zealand wine it tastes very different to the rest of the world uh, which i tried and it was fascinating and you have to surround yourself with people uh, who who know a lot about wine and, and they're willing to share 
uh, those this knowledge because this is very important. I think um, this is what I learned that you know sharing is caring, and um, this is why I love education as well uh, because people love to share uh, their their knowledge. There's, there are no secrets basically uh, uh, in, in such regard. And um, for me, it was you know I I worked in in a wine trade in London for uh, of four years, uh, almost five, uh, and then. Um, after a quick uh, period in South, Am South, uh, South America, traveling, working for six months, I, I returned back to the to England uh, to a different wine merchant in Bristol, uh, and then then again, my very first day when I walked into the office, there was this guy, and he he came up to me and said, "You're studying for the Master of Wine." I said, "Yeah, I just just enrolled for MW." I said, "I'm I'm in the second year. Uh, look, we can learn a lot from each other." Uh, and my 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 first my initial thought was, well. I certainly can learn a lot from you, but I don't know what you're going to learn from me. Um, and um, and uh, basically, uh, you know, um, it was it was a great experience. That the people are very humble and generous with their time and the knowledge. Uh, and you know, we 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 sat down, we did a lot of tastings uh, back then. So it was it was great. It was definitely great. If you mentioned you you work for wine merchant or in the wine trade, so to say, in in London. How did it really begin and what, what were your professional tasks? It was funny because this was, this was also, again, you know, I could say almost like an accident uh, uh, as uh, uh, such. But, um, you know, I, um, I, was, um, I was in England, uh, London for, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, quite some time now. And I, was, I wanted to have a good uh, Riesling. And, and, you know, on my way on the bus to home, uh, I, I passed by a wine shop, Oddbins, uh, you know, big wine shop, uh, you know, in the corner of the little Venice. Uh, at, uh, <clears throat> uh, and then and I walked in and I asked the guys, you guys have a German Riesling by any chance? I said, oh, well, look, we don't have much Riesling uh, or German Riesling. There's a wine shop called the Winery just, uh, just a few meters down there. They have a huge selection of German Rieslings. Um, oh, well, I, I went there. I spoke with uh, the guy inside. It was a French guy and a manager, Guillaume. And he said, oh, if you love German Rieslings, why don't you come to our tastings? And then he gave me uh, the, 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 was a tasting. Um, and I went up to this tasting a few weeks later. Uh, I thought it was a classical seated tasting. You know, you have to be on time. It started at 4 o'clock. I was the first one, but it was a very casual uh, open uh, standing tasting so I was basically the very first one that didn't even open the wines and when I just arrived you know I looked at all the wines and there were a lot of German Rieslings a lot of great wines wines with personality and the owner uh, David Motion uh, uh, a musician walks up to me he was born in Hamburg in uh, in the north of Germany uh, spent his first six months there uh, and spoke good German and you know we spoke German uh, casually uh, and uh, he gave me his card and he said, yeah, look, I'm, I'm always looking for good people um, uh, to start at, at, at the winery, the company. Uh, and, you know, um, I took this card and um, I went up to uh, do my WSET level three at the Bermondsey at the, the, the headquarter. And I saw um, the ad, Liberty Wines is looking for someone. Oh, and I looked at this card. It said uh, the winery uh, at Liberty's. But it was two different things. One is Liberty Wines, the wine merchant, and one was Liberty, the department store, and the winery, this uh, uh, wine shop, was in Liberty. So it was two different pair of shoes. 
But anyway, I called David and said, I, I saw this ad. Oh, so that, that's not us. But since you called, why don't you come in? Uh, and, you know, um, I went in uh, and I think he uh, saw this passion and love for wine. Uh, my little knowledge back then for international wines, um, but my great heart uh, to learn, the willing to learn. And he hired me. Uh, and uh, I was really happy that finally uh, I was uh, working uh, on a different floor, uh, serving customers um, uh, and tasting a lot of great wines. We had a great selection of Burgundy uh, and, and, uh, and wines which we sourced directly from producers. So you could say it was the sort of a craft wine uh, merchant, uh, you know, before even craft wines existed. <laughs> And I was actually hoping for an answer like this. I didn't know this story, but uh, that's what I also experienced in the wine world, that what you already pointed out, that it's not a traditional industry where competition is very present. Everyone tries to help one another. And also maybe as a common goal, everyone wants to have a nice glass of wine at the end of the day, so to say, or sell. And uh, I think it's a very edifying story and very instructive story about you just told. And also, if I, if I may say, as I know you as a wine educator, you are very communicative and uh, you make connections and you make friendships very easily. I think it's a, very, it's a great story and very encouraging how, how you also have this colorful career, and, but also get involved in the wine, maybe luckily so to say or as a luck but you do you took the chance it's a it's a very instructive story thank you for telling no absolutely i think you know communication is very important and you know um having as you said having a glass of wine having a good glass of wine i think this is important because end of the day uh, this is what we all want we are, we want to have fun we want to enjoy it i mean i, w I was speaking um uh, one of another role model, basically, as such, you know, Stefan Neiberg, uh, uh, he was born also in Württemberg. He has a lot of uh, wineries down in Bordeaux, uh, a very, very uh, educated, highly skilled winemaker and, and, you know, entrepreneur as well. And he could, he, he said, you know, he could be easily mm, any, he could be successful at any business uh, and he could make tons and more money. But um, this is not the this is not what he wants. Basically, he wants to enjoy it. He wants to have fun, and he wants to have uh, the wine aspect and connected, attached to the land itself, to the value, to the very value which we are on. And you know, this is a. Um, uh, this is very important. I know a lot of other guys. You know, he they could be successful in any any field. A very good friend of mine, Tibor Juhas, uh, in in Hungary, in Saxony, and he was he's a you know he, he traveled around the world and and he came back to his home uh, town Saxony and became a wine a winemaker, uh, pastor wines, uh, everything built up from scratch. And he could be anything he wanted to be. You know, he could be a um, uh, you know, a salesman in Australia or, or or a restaurant owner in London, but he wanted to be again attached to the to the very place uh, which we call home or the soil, the land uh, itself. So this is actually very very important for many people who are in the wine business, especially making wine. They want to have attachment and they want to create a value, uh, and this is what we, you and uh, I as well do if we don't make necessarily wines is that this value which they create hopefully that we translate to the final uh, consumer and we try to dissect this very complicated matter because wine end of the day it is complicated uh, sometimes we say the human brain cannot understand wine 
uh, in his very, very matter. This is why we sort of come up with all the different uh, terminology in wine tasting and, and, and uh, all the different things. But I believe uh, that uh, end of the day, this is something we try to translate and communicate. This is very important, uh, that, that the beautiful uh, uh, word of the wine, which is attached to values of the very origin of its place. And as I totally agree. And as you mentioned already, communication is key. And uh, you works now as a wine educator, as I already experienced as well. Yeah. And how did it really affect your way of communication? And how? What are the really the cornerstones? What you pay attention to at your educational profile, or how do you really educate people? <laughs> Well, look, I think, you know, just to um, get you into a different uh, perspective as well, when I, when I did my university degree, so the first stuff which I mentioned to you was history, and through history was uh, tourism. It's a very, very big thing for me. I graduated as an economist and, and tourist uh, expert uh, in, in Hungary at the university college. Uh, and uh, basically, I, I was working for a long time um, as a tour guide uh, as well. And, you know, being a tour guide, you have to be have a communication as well. And I often see that uh, I don't I, I do now a new business uh, as well, uh, that I'm, I'm guiding people around uh, Hungary, Budapest. That I, I offer them um, wine and, and gastronomy tours as well. So I, I'm getting a little bit into the. Uh, non-classical tour guiding as well, uh, back again. But um, the classical tour guiding, this is something which is a bit strange for me because uh, what I see often that people are trying to, um, I'm not saying show up with the, show off with their knowledge, but uh, they try to tell the, everything to the customer, which they know. And obviously the human brain, uh, it's impossible to process all, the, all this new information. You need time to settle it down. And there's an overfill. It's like a glass. It's a glass of wine. You know, there's this much you can put in. And it's, then it's too much. Then it overspills. And then you're wasting all the wine. So you have to uh, understand the, the volume uh, and the quantity, uh, as well as the quality, of course, uh, what you're trying to tell uh, your, your customer, your, your, your students or, or, or your customer in general. Uh, as such. So this is very important that, that you don't over overfill the glass. I think this is one of the cr crucial elements which we all make the mistake or we are getting very enthusiastic. Oh, we want to tell everything. And there's a reason why there are different levels in wine education as well. You know, WCT is uh, the best examples, level one, two, three. So at level one, you say, oh, there is white and red wine. Uh, at level two, you say, oh, there's rosé. And sparkling wine and at level three you say oh look there's fortified wine as well uh, uh, and uh, and so this is just obviously a generic uh, example but you don't you don't say at level one look there's fortified wine uh, because especially in the market when there's no uh, uh, in, in Austria Germany or Hungary you know we don't have fortified wines uh, as such uh, uh, embedded in the, in the wine um, uh, laws uh, and wines in styles, you know, it's meaningless. You know, it's generally meaningless at the, at the basic level. It becomes more important when you study and you progress further, and then you can fine tune uh, those different things. I believe uh, it's the, the quantity you have to uh, tell and the interesting things. Um, if you talk about education, 
if you talk to the general public uh, at a wine presentation, I think stories are very, very important. Personal stories, people uh, get attached uh, to this. And you have to uh, uh, sort of um, stimulate our senses because um, I'm a firm believer of this NLP thing as well, neuro-linguistic programming, that you have to stimulate all the senses, like with wine. You, you stimulate the hearing, uh, the sight, the smell, uh, the taste sensation, uh, and you, you do this same with the wine as well, with the information as well. You tell them a story. Uh, you, uh, you give them a, a sense of uh, action uh, as well. Um, you explain this thing in a different uh, level. Some people are more audio, some people are more visual, some people uh, have more the kinologic uh, attached to the feeling uh, attached to it. And you have to communicate because it's such a diverse uh, group of people uh, in the wine uh, world or generally the co consumer as well, that you have to um, speak their language. And this is very important, speak their language. Because if we speak the same language, uh, then we understand each other, um, you know, and this might be at the beginning a very basic uh, stuff, but that's okay. And then you, you progress, you go further. First, you read uh, little tales uh, as a child, and then later on, as you progress, you read Shakespeare and whatever. Uh, so, you know, it takes time. As a little child, I mean, I, you know, I, I would never understood Shakespeare. Uh, I still don't understand it, but you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know you, you, you're getting what I mean. So I think it's, it's very important that uh, you, you communicate at the right level uh, and, uh, and present yourself. And, it's very, and, the, and, the, and the most important thing, it's about them. It's not about you. It's about the customer, about the, about the students. It's never about you. Everybody knows that you have the knowledge. You can always, you know, uh, write uh, and, 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 and do a YouTube video and, you know, just spread your knowledge. Uh, it's always about the customer, especially if you're facing them. Uh, it's always about them. That's very important. I, I can only confirm what you said because uh, I also, if I don't know if you remember our first class because you poured some Grüne Wettliner at the WSET. Yes, yes, yeah, I remember. And you were working in Austria for, for a long time and you instantly recognized it as Grüne Wettliner. And yeah, I asked yeah. you, you tell me why. And you said, yeah, because I tasted so much. Well, this is great because other people didn't taste that much Grüne Wettliner. Yeah, exactly. You so you have a very complex knowledge of wine. As a wine educator, because you have a group of people, as you mentioned, how do you really measure the key differences between people and also how different knowledges could maybe create a whole and help each other also in the group, maybe, because you have a very great knowledge, I know, and you want to tell maybe everything, but also to stay on their level. And how do you really get this fine line where you could tell something new always, but also have their confidence as well? If you get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, first of all, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or you're a consultant. I, I do both. Uh, the, the, the most important thing is always that you educate yourself. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of uh, webinars myself, a lot of podcasts as well. You know, I love, I love podcasts in general speaking. Uh, I told you that uh, earlier off the record. Uh, that um, I always love to listen to people and I love to learn. I learn a lot myself, you know, every day. 
And I learned also a lot from students as well, from you guys, uh, from, from every level. So there's always some people who, uh, you know, ask you a question like about histamine, for instance. You know, I don't care about much about histamine. But since my students ask me, oh, I'm allergic to this and this, you know, I, you know, so you sort of start to read in, you start to ask questions yourself. Is it sulfur dioxide, which um, is uh, affecting your allergy? Is it histamine? Is it something else? Uh, <clears throat> and you start to uh, educate yourself. So being a, a, a teacher or a consultant, you, you have to be always up to date and you, you read the news, you educate yourself, uh, you learn a lot uh, uh, by, by doing. Uh, the second thing which I believe is very important that you understand the group, the whole vibe, and you ask questions, open questions, and then you see uh, how the, the group is uh, progressing, how, uh, how the whole, uh, um, uh, whole group is uh, basically progressing uh, as uh, such. Um, I think um, this is very important that, uh, that you're asking questions, you know, uh, for instance, in your case, you remember the Grunewaldliner example that you, you instantly recognize it Austria. But I asked you, so how 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 is it or why is it Austria? Tell the others because you can learn a lot from each other as well. And you know, by um, by asking you, tell what's your opinion, what's your feeling, why is it for you? Uh, and you know, you're starting, you're questioning those things. Um, then you, uh, uh, by asking why and how and when and so on and so on, you know, your, your honest friends, those questions, why, how, when, uh, what and so ever, uh, the Kipling story uh, about the elephant. Uh, so basically, you, you, you understand the whole thing. And I always urge the people, uh, you know, communicate between each other. Uh, I'll give you an example. When I done my WCT educator uh, part. Um, we were at maybe 10 or 12 people. That was many years ago in London. And we had uh, Ronan Sabern, uh, Master Sommelier, and he's one of the uh, key figures in the, in the Court of Master Sommelier Education. Um, he was there as well. You know, he was sitting uh, uh, with uh, us um, and, and listening to the, to the wine and food pairing part. You know, I mean, gee, he was listening to this uh, whole, whole, whole part. And this was just amazing that, you know, he had a great personality and someone with a great knowledge, being very humble uh, and, uh, and also generous that uh, later, you know, maybe it was him or somebody else who suggested we should share each other's email address. And, uh, and uh, you know, if we have any questions or, uh, you know, we are, have different backgrounds, uh, then, uh, then um, we can ask uh, each other questions uh, as well about things. I mean... Back then, there was no the Facebook group. I mean, Facebook existed, but you didn't have these great communities about sharing uh, this information. So this was amazing. And I've I done this uh, um, many times with my other students in Austria, in Vienna, or in Rost. I always tell them, look, guys, if you want to uh, share each other's uh, email address, you know, on a piece of paper, do a tasting group. And I think you've done this as well. You've done a, a tasting group yourself, uh, guys, because, you know, at a certain level, you can learn a lot from each other. And I think this is important that you understand that you have in different backgrounds. And, I, uh, and as you remember, I told you that on the very first day, as a collective group, you would pass immediately the exam as a collective group. Uh, I have no doubt about that. So this is very important that you understand as a group, you can do a lot. Uh, and you can uh, accomplish a lot uh, as a group 
uh, if you if you uh, organize in this well. I think uh, this is uh, this is great. But unfortunately, education works as an individual. Uh, so uh, you know uh, you have to pass the exams as a single person, as an individual. <laughs> and you also mentioned your master of wine studies that you were enrolled or you are are you currently enrolled in the master of wine studies I'm taking a break at the moment i'm taking a break you know it's been uh, very tiring it's been very expensive time consuming uh, as well um I, I met a lot of great people it was uh, a, a great experience uh, you know i haven't given up obviously um but at the moment I'm, I'm i'm thinking you know rather having having a pause i have all my materials i have all my study materials didn't burn them i have everything uh, so I can restart at any moment, um, but um, <clears throat> currently, you know, time, I have very little time. That's one of the problems. Uh, there are so many things which I'm doing uh, my business, um, uh, you know, consultancy um, uh, related to wine guidings and, and a lot of other things. I'm involved in spirits very much as well at the, at the moment. Um, and uh, that, that's that's one of the I think the key issue is time at the moment that, you know, I, I couldn't allocate enough time uh, to, for the studies. So I, I rather uh, pause a little bit and then, you know, see how things go. Uh, and obviously I, I constantly educate myself, but I just at the moment I have no uh, willpower to sit down and do 12 wines in two hours, 15 minutes. Um, I rather I rather do other things as well. So uh, yeah, I'm currently on a break uh, of the studies. You know, passed a lot of um, little exams, um, um, white wine paper, and you know, contemporary paper, and a lot of different stuff. There, there are a few things which I obviously can get better at, uh, but at the moment I, I rather um, uh, find time uh, for something else. Um, and and I have uh, yeah, basically. Uh, rather taking a little break um, on that. Yeah, I don't think you need any explanation because you do, you are doing so many things. And I also would like to go back to some things what you were mentioning already. But for example, maybe this Palinka tasting panel if, or this National Wine Expert Council at Hungary where you also work. Maybe could you tell a little bit about these works or these consultants' yeah, works that uh, you're doing? As, as you mentioned, uh, I, I'm a, a consultant for the Ministry of Agriculture in, in Hungary, in Budapest as well, and we have various projects. Uh, one of them is, uh, is um, uh, used to be the Palinka project as well. Uh, I'm, I'm currently not uh, on it, uh, but um, you know, we published a book a um, few months ago. Uh, it's sort of a guide for, for this Hungarian uh, uh, spirit. Um, fruit destillate, basically, that's very important, 100% fruit. Um, but um, I'm also very much involved in other kind of spirits, uh, protected origins uh, as such, you know, I consult for various um, producers as, as well as the ministry, you know, uh, on the PGIs, on protected geographic indication, because I think, um, and I pointed this out to you um, early on the wine that attached to the land and the protected origin, I think that's very important that, you know, you relate to a sense of place. Or some people say uh, somewhereness. Uh, <clears throat> I, I love both uh, expressions that you know you have a sense where it comes from, um, and this is very important for me as well. And uh, when it comes to to the drinks industry, and wine obviously has a lot of PDOs. We're very lucky, but in Hungary with uh, Palinka with the fruit destillate, we do this as well. Uh, there are the PGIs basically, 
uh, homocat peach, for instance, or some established one, uh, Guernsey apricot palinka. And we developed a map. I developed last year a Roma wheel for palinka. Uh, and um, I found, you know, to be very honest with you, the, the spirit word is amazing. I mean, with wine, you have grapes. And, it, and, and this is basically where you can make wine from. Uh, you're limited in a way. But with spirits, you have all the different raw materials. It's amazing, and you know, and with wine, you are you're sort of limited in a way to the food, uh, to the to the grapevine belt between the uh, 30th and the 50th latitude, uh, more or less. But with spirits, you're way off. You can do everywhere. You can do from vegetables up in the north. You can do from some exotic fruit at at at, at the equator, uh, and so on and so on. I think you know, spirits is very interesting as well. Uh, at least as interesting as wine, I believe. Uh, it's a very different word. And I'm, uh, I was judging this year for the second time at the, one of the biggest spirit competition, uh, the spirit selection is the uh, Concours de Mondial Brussels. Uh, the spirit selections uh, was in China, uh, you know. And um, I knew that uh, uh, Baiju, I hope I pronounced it right, uh, Baiju is a big thing. But, you know, I could never imagine that 30% of the word spirits production is by Jew, actually. You know, uh, something which you don't really much get uh, in Europe because it's very expensive. It's very uh, unique. The taste is very unique. Um, and a lot of things. And it's, it was just incredible. Uh, and I was very lucky that I was selected also as a chair panel uh, for, for three, years of, three days of the judging, uh, you know, working with great people together and then uh, doing uh, other work as well in china um on the spirit side it was it was really amazing to see uh, the different cultural uh, objective on the spirit side so um in hungary very lucky that we have excellent uh, foods uh, and from those foods we can make uh, great palinka uh, apricot, uh, peach, wild stuff as well, you know, uh, um, like uh, like wild strawberry, for instance, or slow, uh, or blackcurrant, uh, something which is very, very uh, uh, unique and special as well. And the generic fruits, which I mentioned, apricot, plum, apple, uh, and, and, and some uh, more expensive stuff like raspberry, for instance, amazing. But generally speaking, when you when you go beyond the food belt, and the grape belt, you suddenly realize that the spirit belt uh, from which you can make uh, spirits, uh, generally speaking, is huge, the whole world actually. And uh, suddenly you do cassasha uh, from Brazil, uh, you tasting uh, whiskey from Scotland, of course, uh, from barley, grain, and so on. Uh, you have, uh, you have uh, baiju from shogun and, and things like that. So it's just amazing. Um, how, how diverse the spirit world can be. And, um, and I think um, uh, you have to be, uh, as a wine person, also very open-minded, um, and especially when you work in the drink industry, that there's so many great uh, beverages out there, uh, and, uh, and you have to just tell the people, obviously, which is important that, you know, uh, uh, responsible consumption, that's very important, that's the most important thing uh, when you work with alcohol. Um, and then second, of course, uh, just be open-minded because b beside wine, uh, you have uh, you have so many great other uh, um, beverages, you know, spirits, coffee, and you know, which which have personality, often personality. And I love this. I love this in the wine in the world of uh, wine, especially wine with personality. And then and the rest is just history. 
And how would you maybe explain the personality of Palenka to a Chinese? <laughs> That's very difficult. You know, I just give you an example. We had a two years ago. We had at the Provine, which is a, one of the biggest trade shows. Uh, I love the Provine. It's a great place organized in Germany and just love every year. Um, we for the very first year we had a four square meter uh, Palinka food distillate stand, and we were sort of uh, you know just. Um, um, putting palinka on the on the on the map of the spirits, which is very difficult because only one percent of the of the palinkas are exported. So you know most of them is drunk in Hungary, and you know this guy comes up. I think he was Chinese, um, and he says he asked me. Uh, he looks at the at the bottle which says uh, Tokai uh, Tokai palinka from a single vineyard, fifty percent alcohol, and he said Tokai. I said yeah, it is Tokai, but it's uh, it's it's a grape. Mark or Pomas uh, spirit, 50% aged uh, in uh, oak uh, from a single vineyard um, from Taya, a single vineyard, volcanic soil from Tokai, but and from, made from full mint, from the grapes. But it's spirit, my friend. It's 50%. Tokai? He asked back. Yeah, he said, yeah, it is Tokai, but it's not wine. If you're looking for wine, that's not here. That's somewhere else. And he, he, he asked again, Tokai? Yes, it is Tokai, I said to him. And then he had a sip. You know, suddenly he realized, oh, this was not what he was looking for. He was looking for sweet wine from Osu, uh, but this was spirit from Tokai, fifty percent mark. Uh, a hit in the face, I imagine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a completely different word. I mean, you know, so the both Tokai, both are from the same place, but uh, both made from the ferment mainly, or in this case, ferment, uh, <laughs> but very different. And I said to him, you know, look, this is this is what I said, tell you that the communication is very important. But I, I could tell him only in English. I don't speak Chinese, so um, uh, and I could tell him, yeah, it's, it is Tokai, my friend, but it's spirit. So it's fifty percent. It's not ten percent alcohol. And it's not sweet. It's dry and high alcohol. So how to explain it? That's very difficult. That's very difficult. I mean, uh, because um, with wine, people know a lot uh, already. And obviously, with Tokai, you know a lot uh, people. If there's one single wine region in Hungary which uh, everybody knows internationally, it's Tokai. Everybody knows Tokai, uh, and this is a very big calling card for Hungary. We are very, very lucky. We are one. We are very, very lucky country in such a way that we have Tokai uh, because it's a it's a very unique wine. But then Palinka, the spirit. How do you explain it? Wow, you have to educate them. You have to make. You have to let them taste those uh, spirits you have to explain how it's made um, and you know uh, on a total different subject um, um, I always was fascinated by the Japanese people how they managed that uh, sake uh, has become uh, such a, uh, a great product uh, and people understand and feel a passion and love uh, for sake this rice wine which is very, very strange for somebody who never had sake before. You have all the different acidity and the different flavor profile. And, and it's very different. It's very, very different. I could tell you a funny story. Uh, when um, Sam Harab was walking up to our table at the International Wine Challenge, and uh, uh, he, he showed us a sake, you know, and if you assume this is a wine, it's faulty. But uh, but uh, and this was the table was assuming that you know he showed us the wine, and uh, and all the different volatility and all these things. But you have to judge it in the category as being a sake, and within a sake, this is you know it takes time, 
And I was uh, asked the Japanese, uh, former Japanese ambassador, who, by the way, almost um, uh, became a sake producer himself. Uh, he was dating in school a, a girl whose father was a, a sake producer, but then he sort of changed uh, career path, became a, di a career diplomat. And I always tell, told them, you know, I find the Japanese people amazing how they managed this, uh, for most uh, um, people who never had sake before, this, let's say, strange beverage to communicate and uh, have, having this a success story uh, and showing this uh, product and having such a huge fan base. I found this amazing, but I think the single answer to this is education. Um, I mean, look at the WCT is also offering sake courses, uh, which is amazing, you know, uh, showing this diverse and very complicated product and explaining to people. Uh, and this is how you do it. You, you dissected it uh, in bits and parts and you teach people about it. You make them taste and you explain why it tastes like it is. And then you suddenly you realize, wow, this is a fantastic drink. Uh, this is something which is really amazing. I mean, um, uh, sake obviously is a fermented uh, rice wine, basically. It has nothing to do with spirits. But uh, regardless, uh, talking just generally beverages, I think this is important that you understand that uh, through knowledge, uh, uh, which I was saying at the earlier, that through knowledge you, you suddenly um, realize that uh, this wonderful world of drinks is it, is it uh, wine? Is it spirits? Is it coffee? Is it um, a tea uh, or beer? I don't understand much about beer, but uh, and, and, and within all the different things uh, that you understand it is through fermentation and all the process uh, as well, that there's, a, there's something miracle happening. If you, if you uh, learn about this uh, at a basic or advanced knowledge level, you understand it and you start to appreciate uh, the effort and work which is put in. Uh, so I think this is the key key uh, answer to your to your question. That uh, education uh, you have to uh, constantly tell people how it is, how it's made, and you have to have a good product. This is very important. You have to have a very good sound product, free of any faults. This is this is very important. Uh, and uh, yeah, so a, a quality product and uh, quality communication behind it. And in this noisy world, maybe we could say that also in the social media, why do you think are the best methods to communicate this kind of distinction? Or maybe to also for the Hungarian wine market and also as you are being a German or a half German and you are teaching in Austria, but living in Hungary, uh, how do you see maybe the key differences between these three countries and how do they communicate their vines and their origins, their terroirs, and what are the main advantages, disadvantages, what do they do better, what do they do not so well? Yeah, I mean, this is a very complex question uh, which you, uh, which you uh, ask. And, um, um, you know, that, that would take a long time to answer it uh, in, in, in very, very detail. Uh, but um, generally speaking, you know, um, uh, I think uh, in Austria, uh, you, have a, you have a very good uh, teamwork, people working together, uh, and there's a continuation. 
there's basically you know um, um, you, ha you have a you have a continuous flow of of uh, of progress. So Willy Klinger, for instance, is stepping down this year um, as as uh, chairman of the Austrian wine uh, uh, board, uh, wine marketing board. Sorry, uh, and uh, you know he's done a great job uh, in um, in in a lot of different fields. But I think um, when it comes to to communication and marketing, uh, often um, what you need, same with wine, you need personality, and um, and um, you, you we need in Hungary especially. Uh, uh, I think what Austria has done very well. It has key people, not 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 just in wine making itself. So you're not just associating with a, a wine region with a, with a certain personality, like let's say you know which I. Highly regarded as one of the key personalities, Willy Bundelmeier from the Kamtal, for instance, a great guy. You know, uh, such a progressive thinking um, uh, and and an amazing uh, uh, attitude uh, and great wines. Uh, and he's definitely one of those. Or you know, or in terms of sweet wines, uh, needless to say, the Krachers, for instance, uh, they they doing uh, they done a great job in and you know, uh, putting Zevinkel, which is a sort of a flat sandy area. Uh, with with the fantastic sweet wines, TBAs and so on, um, and the different levels of of uh, styles uh, of sweet wines on on onto the onto the world wine map, sweet map, you know, uh, almost accelerating uh, passing Rost actually, which has a century, uh, several centuries of history. So I think you need key people, but you also need key people in the wine industry who are not related in terms of wine making. And with key people, I mean that you know that they they um, they com can communicate well, but they can also uh, um, uh, having a having a fun, having a laugh. Um, they, they can be very universal. So they have the knowledge, and they have also the fun part. This is very important. And they're teamwork uh, team workers. So they they work for a greater good. And Austria had this. Germany has this as well. Uh, you have key people, key personnel. Who, who write on German wines, for instance, an English guy, Stuart Pigott. I mean, you know, he writes so many great stuff uh, in terms of books uh, on, 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 on German wines, uh, which, uh, which you find. Um, um, and, and then there are lots of other people as well uh, who, who appreciate uh, uh, German wines. Uh, and it doesn't matter is it uh, what what nationality they are, but you have to communicate your values with authority. And um, and I think what Hungary is lacking a little bit. Uh, and I was telling this often to the Austrians because you know I work very closely with them. I was working for five years almost in the Austrian wine trade as well, and you know um, being a lector for the Austrian Wine Academy since more than seven years now. I think. Um, and uh, and I think what the Austrians do very well, they they're coming together and they're basically working together as a team, almost like a, a, a cooperative uh, in, in a such, a such a way. And they, they're putting a big effort uh, into this. And they have a continuous flow. They don't change every year, the, the chairman, the board, they don't come up with every year with new ideas. They come up with one idea and they, they work on that. Uh, uh, basically, is it the DRC concept? Uh, or whatever, and you, you you see how many people are uh, jumping on it, and <clears throat> this doesn't mean that you know all the Deatse wines are good. Uh, it it just means that you know they have a certain style and they can communicate some uh, something. I know winemakers, you know, they never believed in the Deatse, but they they're on it. 
a good friend of mine, you know, for instance, from the Kamtal region as well. Uh, he, he is making the Yatse wines as well. Uh, now uh, and uh, because basically people believe uh, uh, in the concept uh, and they understand it and sometimes they gr give up their personal um, uh, ideas for the greater good and this is important I think that you you have to sometimes give up your personal uh, idea for the greater good if it benefits everybody then you might might want to change a little bit tweak a little bit this whole thing um, but this is a very complex matter. I mean, you know, I could talk, to, uh, a, and there, there have been a lot of talk uh, in the past about uh, uh, comparing Austria or, or with Hungary mainly, I mean, since they are neighboring countries. Um, I love Germany because it's very clear, you know, they have uh, Rieslings, they have uh, high quality wines with the VDP, with the VDP, obviously. Um, and uh, they 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 also struggle in certain ways. I just been in in a, in a spring at the conference of the German viticulture uh, board, um, and they obviously have to also adapt to the to the European uh, laws in in certain ways of the PDOs and PGIs. And basically, there are no PGIs in Germany, which is strange. I mean, there there is, but. Nobody's making wine out of them, and they had uh, they all they all also brought in some classic and selection wines, and nobody does that really. I mean, especially the selection wines. So they, I mean, there's always flaws. There's trial and errors. Nothing works uh, strange. I mean, it's, it's straight ahead. I mean, with wine, you have one vintage, and that's it. And 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 if you, for instance, using a little uh, barrel, uh, fermenting it in barrel, and you have one vintage. And that's it. Next next year, maybe you're trying it just putting half uh, in, in barrel and the other half in stainless steel. So it's always a trial and error. But um, my, my biggest concern in Hungary is that, you know, um, the, the, the progress is, is not not um, effective enough. Uh, I think this is maybe the best word, that there should be a more clear path, uh, what they're trying to achieve and what they want to do. And, uh, and and this is my my one of my concerns. And we need also role models and people in the wine industry itself. Not by making wine, we have a lot. Hungary has a lot of great winemakers, but we need people you know who who internationally renowned and acclaimed, and working as a team. Uh, this is I think uh, very important that in the wine industry. Uh, and I told you that that you know sharing is caring. You work as a team uh, for Hungary in this case, you know, uh, and not necessarily as individual person. Uh, um, I think this is important that uh, people have to understand that as well. Uh, that when you talk about the progress, uh, you 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 come together, share your ideas, put it together, and work together. Um, yeah, this is uh, I think uh, important. You already mentioned your business. I would like to talk a little bit about that because you mentioned this tour guide model, so to say, mm -hmm. to also to talk about you or you just can you maybe introduce your business a little bit? Because yeah, I haven't, I, mean, I didn't know about that. No, no, it's you know, I am um, I've been um, beside the consultation for the ministry. Uh, I obviously I do a lot of private stuff. I mean, you know, I educate. I, I, Tomorrow I, we're having at Etiak a, a great uh, session with Austrian, with, uh, with, uh, with the Burgenland Wine School, um, uh, the Fachhochschule Burgenland uh, tasting. They asked me to present the Austrian and the Hungarian wines. We're doing uh, uh, five uh, uh, pairings, uh, five flights basically of, uh, of Cake Franco, Schabernet Franc, 
some Welsh wrestling, Olas wrestling, basically, and um, uh, it's fully booked. We have uh, we have uh, 55, 60 people, I think. Uh, <clears throat> they, it's been fully booked since a week now. And I'm really, really happy. So the, the Austrians, I helped them, but the Austrians organized it very well. Uh, I love the uh, love the talent of the Austrians, how they organize. So I'm I'm having my website, which is very simple to remember. Uh, it's uh, christiankielmeier.com. Uh, Christian, basically, with, uh, like written in German with a K, and Kielmeier, it's a German name, um, all in one uh, .com, and that's uh, that's actually just in the making, but it will be launched uh, uh, in uh, the first of December. I'm going online. I'm working on it. It's almost finished. And um, there, you know, I always had my blog, uh, and my blog is still running, but you know, I haven't updated it since two years. So my website is obviously going to show, offer the, the different services which I'm already done, just putting it, everything together, translation, education, um, uh, showing people uh, the wine world in Hungary, uh, the spirit world, the palinka world, and the food and the city, so the tourism aspect as well. And I'm, I love photographing. I love, I love taking pictures. I love the photography aspect as well um, because that, again, you know, it's, uh, it's similar to wine in a way that uh, you, you have to have uh, a certain point of view and you're explaining something through uh, a visual communication, through a picture. And I love those great guys, you know, is it Robert Kappa or, 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 uh, or the, some of the recent guys, uh, 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 Ben Samati, you know, in terms of uh, nature photography or uh, Kappa, you know, obviously documentation uh, and a lot of other guys, Anselman and so on. They, with a single picture, they tell you so many things. And you you amazed, you stunned. It's like with a glass of wine, you know, when you're having a good glass of wine, it's like, wow, this is something new. This is something amazing. I love this. Uh, uh, and um, I love to do this with pictures, as, uh, of course, as well. And it's, it's a lot of uh, progress of learning, uh, but I enjoy it uh, 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 very much. So I also offer photography tours. Uh, within Budapest, for instance, uh, and, um, and there's a lot of different things um, which come together, I think, as one package. And this is, you could say, that's me, uh, that the travel aspect, the, the wine and spirit aspect, and the, the communication, not by words, but by a picture. I'm a visual guy uh, through photography. You know, this is sort of a, like a, like a, Holy Trinity, <laughs> as such, if you want to say that, uh, the, the traveling, the tourism aspect, uh, the beverage aspect, wine and spirits, of course, and then, you know, the visual aspect, the photography, and this comes together as a, as a package. Um, and beside that, you know, I do the consultation uh, uh, sales. Uh, I'm a firm believer that more you educate, the better you can make sell, sale as well. I've done that many times. Uh, I saw that, you know, we did this in Austria. I was educating uh, um, uh, colleagues, and you know we we pushed the sales up uh, massively. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you know the more you know about the product, uh, and the more humble and with knowledge you approach the whole product, the better you can sell it as well. Uh, I think this is one of the key aspects as well. Selling wine, in these words, you know when people drink less but better wine. I think this is important that people want to know more about good wines, and um, yeah, I think these these are the the aspects of uh, of, of my website as well. And beside that, I'm I'm happy to share uh, my passion, uh, 
uh, on the blog as well, you know, actually it is in English. This is only in English. Every, everything else is in English, German and in Hungarian, of course. Um, um, but the blog will be only in English. That's easier for me. Um, everybody speaks English almost. Uh, at least the people who listen to you. <laughs> English. So um, uh, that, that's, that's the whole aspect. So, you know, sharing the knowledge on the, on the, the word of wine, spirits and coffee. I love coffee as well. Just got into it a few years ago, uh, trying to do my diploma in coffee, a specialty coffee, uh, through the SCAA, um, because I found coffee as well fascinating. Um, and the rest, you know, consultation uh, on wine selling, how to sell wine, how to uh, get to the market, uh, education. You know, we have a lot, I have a lot of private students already, uh, or some private students already, you know, who are doing the diploma or other stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think it's very important that, you know, the more people know about wine, um, the, 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 the better we are, actually, you know, this is, this is uh, better for the greater good. And uh, this information has to be shared. This is very important. So, you know me. Yeah, I, I also asked this question because I do know that you do communication very well and very effectively. Also during the education. And also during your business, as I, we just heard, and I'm going to put all the links below. I also wanted to ask this because I think one of the key things what Hungary is lacking is great communication and great wine tourism or great tourism, wine, international wine tourism in general, and which is not only concentrating on Budapest and welcomes guests in Budapest, but also on the countryside. And... Uh, I hope, I don't know if you have any intention to go into the countryside or to... Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, I, I just had a discussion a few days ago with Turley, for instance, just just uh, just roll back, you know. And, you know, a lot of tourists come to Budapest and then uh, they either go to Etek or, or try to find a wine bar. And, you know, not, not many people know that, but Budapest is one of the few capital cities who has not just one, but technically two wine districts. I mean, on the eastern side, uh, we have the Matra. Yeah, well, there are, not much, there are not many wines there. But then we have Etek Buddha as being a wine district, the 22nd district, for instance. And I was studying at the Shosh um, uh, school as well for, for winemaking. They have a little vineyards there as well. And you know, just below that, they have the huge Turley, a sparkling wine manufacturer there. Uh, and, you know, I figured out You know, those people who want to, uh, who come to Budapest and they don't have much time, maybe just three hours, but they want to, they don't want to sit down in a classroom. They don't want to go to a wine bar. They want to see some vines. They want to see a cellar. They want to see the aspect of winemaking in this way, sparkling winemaking. And I can offer them, um, because I know the guys from Turley very well, uh, and they know me, that I deliver uh, quality um, education, quality communication. Uh, and I can get them, you know, we just board the tram 47 and get off that's 20 minutes from the center or 30 minutes from the center and then you know, do a wine tasting a sparkling wine tasting a little tour at the vineyard uh, see some wines um, and uh, and taste some uh, wines uh, visit the sparkling uh, manufacturing uh, seller of turley so that's a three-hour program that's not more, that's not more it takes only three hours And then, of course, uh, for those people which I've done in the past, and I'm, I'm very happy and I will continue this, uh, visiting uh, the key uh, this, uh, regions of Hungary, obviously, Balaton, Tokai, 
and the south of Hungary, Pannonia, Saxar Villain, basically. So I'm, I'm offering this. And I'm very much hoping that some of the other regions uh, I can also show in the future. One of my, which is very close to my heart, is Matra. You know, I spent one year in school in Jundjes, which is basically the capital of the Matra uh, region. And it's a beautiful place. It's a volcanic uh, wine region, but it lacks identity and uh, it lacks communication um, and the different problems. So I... I, I have to figure I have to wait a little bit and find a way to Matra. To visit Tokai on a guided tour is very easy. To visit Villain is even easier. That's not a big deal. Sexart, it's also easy. Bolaton, it's it's yeah, it's fairly easy as well. But you know, advanced stuff is Matra. Matra is really advanced uh, in a way that um uh, because let's be honest with you. I mean, I don't want to so, show Irshoy Oliver. It's a great, it's a very nice aromatic variety, but it doesn't res, uh, uh, represent uh, uh, Matra, in my opinion. Uh, it makes great aromatic simple wine. Uh, I would rather show you a Cake Francoche. I would rather show you a Turan. And there's some guys who make, you know, uh, great wines. Tomasz Sechko, Balin Loshonsi. You know, some of the smaller guys uh, who, who hands-on craft wines. Um, and this is sort of the, the project, uh, uh, my wine project 2.0, 2.0 uh, <laughs> as such, uh, you know, beside Turlai, beside uh, Budapest, uh, going to the well-known regions of uh, Ponnon area, so Sexad Villain, Sexad in particular, I love Sexad very much, Balaton, of course, is beautiful, um, and then obviously uh, Tokai. Uh, and Matra, and maybe with Matra together, Chopron would be very interesting as well, you know, just uh, Chopron, Nesme, and Pondon area. But that's, that's again, you know, that's a, a little bit more advanced um, because in Chopron, it's all about Cake Francoche for me. Um, and uh, there's some, some great uh, places, you know, which, which, which come with personality. I, I, I really believe that uh, this is this Chopron with Cake Francoche, uh, Bolaton uh, as well. You know, Chopak is one of the great examples who was only allowed to produce white wine from the Olas Riesling variety, a dominated Olas Riesling variety, 85%. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in Hungary, and I'm very, very excited. It's, it's the best time in wine, actually. It's really the best time. I think so, too, and I can't wait to, to see that such a knowledgeable and communicative guy as you show this to the people and also to the international uh, public because as you also mentioned that's what country hungary really needs i think absolutely i mean thank you very much and i think you know this is just one just one sentence i, I love to communicate my passion you know on this to see the, uh, the uh the the sparkle in the people's eyes that wow this is amazing and thank you very much for sharing this is everything we know it means everything for me that when people say wow thank you for sharing and you know this is this is important so, and you already mentioned uh, coffee as one of your passions. Can you maybe tell listeners about how does your um, fascination comes from, from coffee and maybe some differences and similarities to the wine world? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, there is... Um, um, coffee is very, very strange because, you know, I never drank coffee in my life. You go, every time when people ask coffee, I said, ah, it's bitter, it doesn't, I don't like it, it, does, it tastes bitter, and, and so on and so on. And um, I remember this story very vividly. Uh, uh, again, you know, when you ask me about wine, maybe I don't remember my first glass of wine. 
that that well but i remember my first cup of coffee which uh, which changed everything and we were in an uh, iceland we were in Reyk reykjavik with my wife together um, and we were walking down uh, from this from the from the hillside from the from this church um, uh, down the street and on the left side there was this uh, coffee shop reykjavik hostas and my wife back then she was drinking um, milk related products uh, with cappuccino and flat white and all the stuff and I, and I had maybe six coffees in my life, all terrible. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, she, 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 I, I go in as well, and she asked me, have a coffee. So now I have a cinnamon bun or something like that. You know, I, I don't want to have a coffee. That, that, that doesn't, no, have a coffee. Yeah, well, okay, why not? You know, she persuaded me to have a, uh, have a, have a espresso, a, a single shot espresso. And, you know, and suddenly I, I, um, I drink this coffee, uh, this espresso, and it's last just lightning struck me and said, what was this? Is this coffee? I mean, it was fresh. It was fruity. It was clean. It was crisp. It was bright. A lot of fruit flavors, a lot of berry flavors. It was an Ethiopian something, uh, a single origin Ethiopian. I don't exactly uh, from the Reykjavik roasters. They roast the coffee themselves. Uh, it was a single origin Ethiopian. So, wow, what was this? This was like wine, just like coffee, um, just in a, 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 you know in a different liquid. And um, wow, I was gobsmacked. You know, this can be coffee. I mean, this is amazing. Uh, and you know, this was the starting point. And then I gradually realized that coffee has so many common things with wine. They're both fruit, so initially none of them has to taste uh, bitter. Actually, uh, uh, bitter is something which uh, even the uh, the ancient people, you know, the, the, the Homo sapiens avoided because people back then at the prehistoric age, they know bitterness is, is poison. It's not bad. It's not good. And, um, uh, and, and, and just, just in the country, uh, there's a book on, uh, on coffee and wine, the words, two words compared, written by uh, Morton Scholler. Uh, and this is very interesting because it says from tree and wine to cup and glass. So... Basically, there's so many common things uh, uh, when it comes to uh, um, coffee uh, to compare to wine. That is amazing. They're both both uh, uh, harvested. They're both uh, picked, uh, fermented, processed. Uh, just with coffee, once you have it, uh, you know, as a as a as a green coffee, you obviously have to roast it. You're basically making it, um, and then once you have you roasted it, you have to. You have to uh, grind it, uh, and then you have to make either espresso-based stuff or filter coffee, and you're basically doing a lot of things uh, uh, in the middle in between. Uh, you have to use the right water, the right temperature, the right grain size, and there are so many different things aspects uh, to it because a sommelier is pouring it wine. It, he cannot change it. I mean, the only thing what he can change is temperature, but uh, and give it maybe some air. But I don't think there's anything else you can do uh, to, a, to a wine. I mean, you're not going to add anything to it. You're not going to, yeah, you, you have to use the right glass. Yeah, there, there are a few aspects, but I mean, this is more common sense that you're not using a paper cup, of course. Uh, so you're having the right glass, you're having the right temperature, um, and you're setting the right mood. And the coffee industry, like many other beverage industries, borrows so many terms from the, from the wine industry on describing it. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we were on a, on, a, on a barista champion, and this guy was showing, uh, it was a German guy, I think, uh, showed this filter coffee. He made it to the judges, 
and he was explaining the coffee, you know, like wine, like a sommelier, from from the bean to the cup all the way, you know, where it was uh, um, uh, where it was grown. He talked about Ethiopia. He talked about uh, the different variants, the different uh, 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 Arabica uh, types. He talked about the process of the fermentation of the anaerobe uh, making method, um, a lot of relation to wine, obviously, with fermentation. Um, then he talked about how he made the coffee. You know what uh, um, uh, uh, filter, uh, what what uh, what system of filter brewing he was using, and then he talked about the different aromas as the coffee cooled down. You know, from um, 80 Celsius degree down to 40, 50, changed the flavors. And he was talking about the the coffee like 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 a sommelier would talk about wine. And, you know, I found this fascinating. Obviously, he made a lot of things up, but uh, that doesn't matter because, uh, you know, it's still the experience. Uh, and since that, you know, um, we have uh, two thirds of our kitchen is, uh, is, uh, is uh, full of coffee related equipment. We have a little espresso machine, a, gr a grinder. Uh, we have uh, we have V60. We have a French press. I have a, I have a, I have a Hamex. Uh, so all the different, and I use uh, filtered water, I have a kettle which shows the temperature, I use a, 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 a special scale uh, which shows you the right amount, the, the grams uh, to, a, to a decimate point. So, you know, it's, it's something which is fascinating because you can do a lot of things. Um, I, my wife, since that drinks only filter coffee, I love to make filter coffee for her, I'm still an espresso guy. Um, and, you know, I found it amazing that you can do have a coffee tasting. They call it cupping. And they have this big spoon and they swirl it like this. Uh, I'm, I'm a more wine guy. So I do it a wine wise, uh, a wine uh, in a wine way that, you know, I have the coffee and I put it all uh, together. And, um, and, you know, I just do it with, like with wine. And, you know, in a blind a coffee tasting, a cupping, I'm not saying I'm getting all the origins right, but I, I usually get Kenya and Ethiopia fairly right. And I, and I get Brazil fairly right, because those are the distinct countries which I know exactly um, how they taste usually for me. This is not what I, that I'm, I'm always getting it right, but, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly good percentage because I love Ethiopia and it has a very wine-like uh, attitude, very fresh, bright, a lot of red berries usually. Kenya is a little bit more herbal, a little bit more tomato, greenish, a bit more vegetable, but very clean and fruity. Uh, Brazil, for me, tends a little bit more darker, a uh, bit more brownish, a bit more chocolatey, less the, uh, the white milk chocolate stuff, more kind of darker cacao-based uh, stuff. And then you have Panama Geisha, which is, you know, just amazing. It's very expensive and it just, wow, it's very intense. Um, uh, bigger beans as well. And, uh, you know, you, you, you get in a cupping, it's like with wine, you know, wow, you can get the sense of place. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, you know, there's so many flavors and aromas there. And um, I visited only one coffee farm when I was uh, earlier this year in Tanzania. Uh, and, you know, you met the producer and you saw the vines there. Wow, this is same like visiting a vineyard. I mean, this is amazing. This is this is great. I mean, uh, uh, growing coffee is very hostile, by the way. Um, but um, it, it's, have it's you just... have you visited other places other than Tanzania? Maybe I, I was once in Mauritius, but uh, we, we just saw some wines, some coffee, coffees, uh, coffee there. Sorry, uh, coffee uh, uh, food there, but just on the road. 
Uh, Tanzania was the only place which I visited and I would love to visit more. I'm maybe going next year to Colombia, uh, visit some of the growers there. Um, it, it, it is a bit more hostile, you know, it's not that easy like with wine. Um, and um, it, it's, it's different. It's for, for many reasons, it's, it's, it's still a very different uh, uh, subject. Um, um, but I, I believe that, you know, um, wine is very special that, you know, people take pictures of vineyards. It's very, um, uh, if, if you look at the vineyard side, it's always very beautiful. I mean, the good wines is, is usually very beautiful. I mean, it's, it's just rows, lines, orientation, and you have everything in place. With coffee, mm -mm. It's mostly not like that. You need a banana tree to shade it. It grows in a jungle, you know, doesn't have much light. So, you know, it's not so luxurious. No, it's not. It's not. Unfortunately, not. you know, you have, uh, it's very difficult sometimes to reach. You know, Arabica grows at uh, over 1,000 meter altitude. So you have to get to 1,000 meters as well. Um, it, it, is, it is mountainous. It's a bit more difficult. You have countries. Which maybe not the safest one, uh, uh, mostly. You know, I don't want to name any countries, but uh, you get it. Um, but generally speaking, you know, it's not that picturesque uh, overall. Like with a vineyard, you have a nice chateau or something, or river, and it's just beautiful. You know, it, it, those vineyards which come to my mind from the Mosul uh, to 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 Hermitage, to Burgundy to, to California, Santa Barbara. You know, it's just it's just a photo album with 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 coffee. It's a little bit more difficult, my opinion. But I don't have the experience to be honest with you. Uh, judge on the uh, on the on the, uh, um, the picturesque of of a coffee uh, farmer. But uh, the thing which I saw in Tanzania by made by a cooperative. You know, it's very difficult to take good pictures there because you're shaded, you're banana trees, you have a lot of jungle there. Um, it's a bit, it's rural, it's, you know, you're 1,500 meters up in the mountains, uh, dirt road. Again, you know, it's difficult to make good pictures there <laughs> from the coffee farm itself. As you mentioned, uh, maybe vineyards or the best vineyards are maybe at the most beautiful places on yes. earth. Do any places come instantly to your mind where you've already been and could you maybe recommend wine travelers to go to or what are your favorite places maybe? Oh, look, I mean, being a half German, half Hungarian, I definitely recommend you Germany. Um, I mean, I was born in Württemberg, you know, uh, and if you go to Heilbronn, it's amazing. You know, there's some, some vineyards in Stuttgart as well, you know, up there. It's Unter Türkheim, great places there as well. Uh, Heilbronn, the northern part of Württemberg, amazing. You go to, down to Baden, uh, you, have the, um, you have the lake there, the Bodensee. It's amazing there as well. If you go to the Mosul, which you already mentioned, wow, this is amazing. I mean, stunning. I mean, words cannot describe it. Something similar you can experience at the Wachau, for instance, at, uh, at, at the Danube, uh, which is, again, amazing. It's, I mean, it's UNESCO World Heritage. There's a reason for that. Tokai is UNESCO World Heritage. If you go to Tokai again, it's, it's fascinating. You see the fog coming in, you know, which is uh, having the botrytis. You go to California, uh, on a higher plateau somewhere in, in the Napa Valley you see the fog uh, coming out the humidity uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's incredible you go to Burgundy uh, you see the slopes you're passing by the Route Nationale 
74. Uh, you see on the right side from Dijon down uh, how, how the, the vineyards and the different patches. You know, you see the, some of the world's best uh, Chardonnays, the best Pinot Noirs, uh, Grand Cru vineyards there. You know, it's just amazing how, how, how well it's organized. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, any region, uh, and as you, you mentioned it to me, that uh, um, vines uh, are like humans. They, they, they love a good panoramic view. They love this picturesque view. You know, they are there for 60, 80 or more years. I don't know how long, you know, they, 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 a certain area. Um, it's, it's, you know, they're not uprooting it. So maybe very old vines as well, you know, 100 plus years easily. So they are, they are in for the long term and they cannot move. The, the roots, their feet are anchored into the soil, into the ground. And basically, uh, what, what happens is that, you know, they, they have to enjoy this view. I mean, I'm getting a little bit sentimental here, but, but I, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, same as human, they choose beautiful places to live, so does wine, and they thrive well in those conditions. And uh, let's not get into the uh, erosion aspect and, you know, how much water irrigation or, you know, uh, sun aspect and so on and so on. But I think, you know, this is important. And if you look at the great places of the world, Wachau, Mosel, Rheingau, uh, Tokai, uh, um, Burgundy, the Côte d'Or, uh, or you go to Northern Rhone, um, and and I could name a lot of other places as well. Uh, South Africa, you know, around Stellenbosch, um, which which or 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 if you go to um, Aconcagua, uh, Mendoza in Argentina, or earlier Chile, which I mentioned. Uh, those are amazing. You have the mountains set in the background. Uh, you have a picturesque view, um, and uh, so many things which which are just beautiful. You sit there with a glass of wine, or stand there with a glass of wine, and you're just enjoying it. And I men mentioned to you the sense of place or sense of some somewhereness, as other people like to put it. Uh, <clears throat> I believe this is something we know which uh, is really amazing. And this is something which can be exported. Uh, you can, I, I, I urge everyone to visit beautiful wine countries, wine places, and there are so many of them. Um, and just make up your mind, the wines which you like, go and visit those places. Uh, and then take take something home, uh, relaxed. And and when you have a glass of uh, wine, you have a glass of Mosel. Uh, you have the 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 Mosel in your glass. Uh, you have this the bends, the how how the Mosel bends, and you know these vineyards. Or you have uh, the fog line from from Tokai uh, uh, there. You know how how the fog comes over and you know from the rivers and affects uh, those places. You have this in mind, or the the the, the slopes. The Côte d'Or, if you have a good glass of uh, Chambon Musigny in your glass, you have that uh, the picture and the, all the senses. Uh, you have it there, and you know it's just uh, how you stimulate this whole thing, and that makes people feel happy. And that's why I understand. I appreciate very much that people, you know, uh, work uh, the land so hard and make great wines, and um, and all the other people, you know, they try to bring uh, bring it closer, like you as well. You being a sommelier. Uh, in a way, in a positive way, influencing people, you know, being open-minded to show them this and this and this. So this is amazing. And Watson, I guess so too. And I think it's very easy to link uh, travel to the terroir or to, or to more beautiful landscapes. Maybe it's, it's really the, the feeling gets through through the glass. 
and also these wine ghosts uh, <laughs> behind the wine industry, the winemakers, which you already mentioned. And uh, what's maybe on the top of your bucket list now in terms of traveling or destination? Or do you have oh. any? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've been... Uh, <clears throat> I've been uh, this year a little bit lavish. I, I, I visited three continents. Um, I was in Africa, as I mentioned to you. I was um, in the summer in, in Asia, in China for a long time. And I just came back a few weeks ago from uh, America, from uh, from the West Coast, um, California and other places. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm not saying I'm tired. I, I'm not. Uh, but uh, at the moment, uh, this year, there's a uh, only one trip to uh, to coffee uh, coffee exhibition in uh, in, in Milano, and in, uh, in Italy, uh, which we are visiting um, the coffee exhibition, and then um, I wanted to visit a friend of mine in Lebanon uh, next year, uh, but you know he, he he rather said you know let's wait a little bit. The situations are not 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 the best at the moment, so uh, Lebanon was on the on the agenda. Um, I, I shall visit a few wine shows, you know, um, beginning of of next year, um, taste a little bit more wine. Um, and you have to understand that two different things, you know, wine tastings are great to for, for taste a wide range of wines. So, you know, if you go into a, a Provine or you're going to a London Wine Fair or, you know, or the Paris Wine Fair, Paris Wine Show or the New York wine show. And this is a great, because you have all the wines there and you can talk to people, but you know, it's very quick. Uh, sometimes not, not 100% personal, uh, but you have a great range of wine tasting. And when I'm in the wine regions, I don't even have to taste the wines. I want to see rather the vineyard. I want to see, I, I want to get a feeling for the place. I want to get a feeling for the people. And then maybe at the end, I taste a few wines, talk about uh, everything which we, we just saw and discussed. So this, for this instance, I really enjoyed um, uh, California because I met a friend of mine in, in Sonoma who's, who I met 10 years ago when I was there, uh, when we met first time there. So, and, you know, we were tasting some wines from 2009 as well. Um, and, um, and then I, I, I got to know some of the places which I didn't know, Santa Barbara and the, the, the southern part of south of San Francisco. Those AVAs, Santa Ines, San Luis Obispo, and so on and so on. I didn't know those places. So, um, and it was more interesting to see and see the vineyards and, you know, get a feeling for the place and talk to the people how and what they do and why they're doing it. Uh, because the wines you can taste at a lot of different places. Uh, so these are the two different things. And next year, at the beginning, uh, I'd rather taste a few wines just to get myself educated. And to be honest with you, what wine trips, maybe a few wine trips here uh, within Europe, I think. Those are definitely. And I'm planning a trip uh, uh, to Madeira uh, again, uh, which is amazing. I love Madeira. Um, uh, and, and, and I love, uh, I love uh, the wines there. The people are really nice. Uh, you know, Camaro de Schlobos, Funchal. Uh, and then going uh, to Porto Moniz maybe uh, to see some uh, steep vineyards there. And obviously, Madeira is a little bit different. There are just a limited a few number of uh, producers, uh, but you can taste some some really, really amazing wines. And there's a history there. Uh, some of the old uh, forgotten wines uh, are getting rediscovered. And Madeira is one of them. I'm really happy that uh, once people taste Madeira, a strange wine in its sense, you know, how it's made and how it's aged and everything. But it's just amazing. It's just fascinating. I, I really, really love Madeira. And, and, and probably in February, I'm uh, checking out Madeira.
for for a few days, tasting some wines, visiting some uh, cellars and um, and maybe some vineyards as well. Uh, the, more more and more wineries have actually vineyards. Uh, it used to be only Henriques Henriques, and it's now a lot of other guys have also uh, smaller vineyard properties as well. So you know, I'm looking very much forward to it as well. Can you maybe wines. recommend some vineyards in, on Madeira for wine what? travelers? Uh, I, I think you know it's it's just the classic ones. I, I think you know if you go to uh, obviously uh, the, the majority of the um, of the producers are based in the capital in Funchal. Uh, Henriques Henriques is in uh, Camarón de Lobos, uh, uh, and I love the wines. They're a little bit different um, to the to the rest of the uh, um, styles. Um, um, and uh, there's the big ones, obviously, uh, the Madeira Wine Company, um, the, the Blendies, obviously. Um, and uh, I, I, um, I, what is fascinating, obviously, there's a new producer as well. There's, there's some, uh, I forgot the name, but there's, uh, there are, there's some, um, a group of women who, who put together uh, a kind of a joint venture uh, together. Uh, it's it's uh, really um, really amazing. They have uh, have young wines at the moment only because you need time uh, with uh, uh, Madeira as well. Uh, I, I like. Um, uh, let me just uh, think of it. Um, I always keep forgetting the Japanese uh, um, uh, company um, uh, Barbeto. Sorry. Um, Having a blackout, Barbeto, a very different approach. They don't they don't use caramel. They use a little bit more younger uh, style uh, of uh, uh, wines. Barbeto is very interesting. Uh, Henriques Henriques, I mentioned to you, uh, the Madeira Wine Company, which is a big, you know, the Blandies and a lot of things are there. Uh, Pereira Oliveira, one of the very old. Uh, um, very, one of the very old. Uh, Properties, you know, they have a lot of uh, backdated vintages. Um, I think they purchased um, the Olin Brothers uh, uh, property as well. Uh, Justinos is there as well. Great wines. Borges. I, I visited Borges as well. Uh, again, a very different approach uh, in terms of Madeira winemaking. Mm, I mean, the best way, if, if I say that, you know, you book your ticket, book your accommodation, um, and make a few appointments. Uh, that's the best thing. Uh, unless, if you don't want to make an appointment, just want to discover it, then you can go just to Funchal. You know, the big big houses uh, like uh, Madeira Wine Company and uh, uh, some of the other ones, obviously as well. They have tasting rooms. They they offer this as a service. Uh, you can visit them, but it's a bit more touristy. And I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't need to know how much uh, how a barrel looks. I'm rather uh, interested uh, in, you know, uh, for instance, how much tax they have to pay, you know, uh, to the EU, um, on on uh, or how much they're getting out uh, of of a barrel, you know, of the loss. And, and I know the fine nuances, you know. This is more what's interesting for me, or you know, what rootstocks they are crafting it. Uh, so you know, I want to know the more specialized information because. Um, I think that that this this is what kicks me off, or does caramel really influence the style of the wine, um, or is it just a color? Uh, can we try two different wines? Which one is caramel and caramel? Or show me a good estufage versus a cantero uh, system? You know, the same wine may be aged in a different uh, system. Uh, so you know, those are the little things which which interest me. 
and obviously uh, um, show me a good cercial, a dry cercial, uh, which I really find fascinating. And so uh, th th there are different approaches. You know, there's one of the the more uh, education approach. You know, I have to teach this stuff eventually, um, and people are gonna get ask me questions. You know. Uh, how is Madeira made? What's the difference between Estufa and Cantero? Um, and then the more they want to know, the more I have to talk about uh, certain aspects of, uh, of uh, Madeira, you know, of the uh, flavor uh, profile of Sotolon and so on and so on. So uh, this obviously, if you are signing up for a touristy group, you don't get it yet, but you get a very good uh, uh, actual generic uh, information of the place and so on. So. It depends. It depends on what you what you're looking for. Thanks for the insights. And can you yeah. maybe? I know that your time is kind of restricted, so I think we could talk for hours about everything, okay. maybe. Uh, and you have a very deep knowledge in 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 every category and uh, or in a really great overall broad knowledge and very connected. But can you maybe recommend for? Um, some blogs and books also for maybe beginners who are beginning their journey in the wine world already uh, got bitten but maybe their knowledge is not so extensive as yours and also maybe some blogs but also more professional people could follow yeah i mean you know there, there are obviously uh, lots of uh, specialized uh, um, 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 uh, websites on certain topics, you know, on Sherry or Madeira, uh, which uh, obviously the, the local government body is, is very, very good. Just to be a second on the, on the podcast, you know, since we're doing a podcast, uh, the ones which I definitely highly recommend uh, as being, uh, you know, for all groups and all, everybody is, 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 is interested or could be interested is obviously Guildsom from the uh, Guild of Sommelier, the Wine Enthusiast podcast, which I found uh, uh, very, uh, very good as well. Then there are some specialized uh, uh, stuff, you know, like Wine Australia um, uh, as well. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, the, the, the Holiday Wine Companion, but I think this has not been updated uh, uh, recently. Uh, if you want to obviously spir spirits, then, you know, there's some like whiskey topic. Uh, it could be interesting, tasting notes. Um, there, there are a lot of uh, different uh, um, uh, podcasts on 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 the wine, wine for normal people, or you know, which I found really interesting is uh, it's um, it's uh, uh, it's uh, uh, I will drink to that wine talk uh, by Levi Dalton, uh, which uh, you know is very interesting because he definitely interviews some of the people who who um, in the wine uh, knowledge uh, on the wine world uh, have have great knowledge. I just recently. I listened to an interview with Russell Hohn from Burgundy. I found it fascinating, you know, since I know Russell as well, uh, Russell and Becky. Uh, so I, I believe that, you know, the, these, these uh, podcasts are, are uh, very good. And then, generally speaking, um, you can get out in the wine world. Uh, there's, there's overflow, you know. I think you have to find... I'm not saying your niche, but uh, you have to find things which you really like at the beginning, and then you can always uh, extend uh, on those things. Uh, let's say you are interested in Madeira, then obviously um, you 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 visit uh, the the Madeira um, uh, Madeira's um, <clears throat> local uh, wine uh, website uh, um, uh, as as such. 
then you you look up uh, wine merchants who have uh, uh, different um, uh, Madeira uh, uh, on their portfolio and what they you know uh, uh, looking at. You can ask them obviously where are they getting the information uh, from. And so I think. Uh, uh, this is one of the uh, key aspects as well. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't, um, I, I don't, I'm not really up to date on the blog side that much because I'm more a guy who likes to go out and, and uh, uh, more the classic guy who likes to read a book and likes to talk to people. Um, and with the blogs, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own stuff, obviously, uh, and, and I'm less, less, less on that side. But I think that there are great blogs out there uh, which you can listen. Uh, I mean, I mean, for instance, Jamie Good is also a guy who, you know, one of the first guys who started blogging on wine. Uh, a classic example, you know, how how um, how to write, for instance. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I believe the first thing is you should uh, see what you like. Uh, in terms of style, wine, is it more the light uh, for the beginners, especially, you know, light fruity style? Then maybe, you know, check out some of the Rieslings. Um, uh, check out, you know, what Stuart Pickard is writing, for instance, or, or look up uh, some of the uh, um, German uh, uh, sites, you know, some of the people who work in the restaurants, or like you, you know, uh, doing a podcast. Um, based in, in, in Germany, if, if I recall right, you know, and obviously you're going to do uh, eventually more in Germany as well. And um, I think this is the approach forward because there's an overload of information and I would rather urge everybody, you know, dissect it. Don't spend too much on the front of the screen, in front of the phone. Just go out and, you know, have fun, taste wines, talk to people. You get a lot of information you know, when, when you talk to the producers, go to tastings, uh, talk to the producer itself. And uh, just enjoy uh, uh, the subject itself and, you know, uh, come together with people, get together with people, you know. And the rest, you can look it up on uh, YouTube and on podcasts. And just, just make essential, just balance it, balance it. This is very important. Like with good wine, it's always about balance. It's a great final word. Thank you yes. very much. Do you want to add anything or do you want to? No, I think, you know, we covered a lot. I mean, you know, um, I believe that um, there's a, uh, it could be endless discussion. I'm very happy that you do this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I obviously wish you the best of luck. And uh, maybe uh, in a year time, uh, you, uh, we, we get together. Uh, or if you, are, if, if you are in Hungary or somewhere, I'm in Germany, then let's get together a glass of wine and we can do a face-to-face -face, uh, uh, podcast as well, you know, next to a good glass of uh, Riesling or, uh, uh, or Burgundy or Tokai or whatever, uh, good wine. And, Sounds great uh, to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I think we can do that as well. <clears throat> and no, I, really, I mean, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot can be sent, uh, still said, you know, about communication, about uh, studies. I think, you know, just have fun. Uh, this, is the, this is the final message. Have fun and have, share your passion and your knowledge with other people as well. Well, thank you very much for this advice as well. And have a great day, Christian. Thank you very yeah, much. All the best to you as well. Have a great day. All Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you very much. Bye.